Hello and welcome to the Bottom Up Skills Podcast. I'm Mike Parsons, I'm the CEO of Qualitance and we are talking fintech, we are talking neobanks today. That's right, we are starting a brand new series and in today's show we're going to ask how fintech is shaping up. How is it affecting the future of banking? And you know, this fintech industry, you know, pioneered and led by those big neobanks that you probably know, like Revolut, uh, like Monzo, you know, all of those guys, Starling, Chime, all of those guys, they've reached a really impressive size. They've really acquired customers and got pretty impressive valuations. So join me and let's take a bit of a snapshot of who's leading this market. How are they doing it? What offerings are actually winning? And I think one of the big questions is how can they achieve both growth and profits? All right. So if you look at the global neobank and fintech market, what's really fascinating is there's roughly about 26 companies who are leading a global charge. Of course, there's lots and lots of smaller niche or local players, but there's kind of roughly 26 that are shaping up to be the global influencers, the ones that are winning in more than one market. And what's really interesting is when you look at the value of all of these neobanks, it comes to, this is their market valuation, it comes to $27 billion. Huge, huge huge, really because it's an emerging market. It is uh, coming into one of the oldest industries in the planet, banking. The banking has been around since uh, I think it was 1400s, late 1400s, a little bank started in uh, Italy. Um, If you think about such an incumbent, such a locked-in industry, pre-tech, pre certainly pre-internet, that already we're looking at a $27 billion market. That's pretty impressive. And there's already like more than 20 companies that are leading the charge on a global platform. So here's what's really interesting. As we study these in 2021, these neobanks, these fintechs, what's what we really can benefit from now is that there appears to be sort of three models um, that are the kind of growth strategies that are uh, being employed for success. So this is how neobanks are winning. Number one, and the biggest one, and the classic one, it's the good old freemium model. Um, So you'll you'll know that, uh, you know, one of my uh, favorite neobanks, Revolut, they have really led the charge there with this idea of the freemium model. So massively disruptive because, you know, traditional banks, legacy banks loved a good old uh, monthly fee and the neobanks have just thrown that out and said, no, come and get all your basic services for free and all the add-ons will be extra. So that's the freemium model. So that seems to be a clear winning strategy for growth. The other interesting thing is some of the other players are coming with more multi-tier um, offerings, multi-tier subscriptions, um, premium accounts, um, and they're sort of really looking at the what we call the upsell for the customer. So this is really interesting because um, a little bit different to, to freemium, but really pushing towards subscription. And it's interesting that sometimes it's just a really beautiful 
credit card, physical credit card is enough to get that subscription. But it's interesting because now you see two very clear routes. Do we go freemium, give away the basics, charge for the add-ons, or do we play for a subscription? That seems to be the two winning models there. But there's also a third, and, and I would probably categorize this as the niche play. Now, you either go niche in terms of your uh, demographics, niche in terms of your geographies, um, or you might try and go for a very particular customer segment, um, gig workers, SMEs, uh, tradespeople, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's the third one. That's the niche play that seems to be playing out. So there you have it. Three models for success, going freemium, multi-tier subscriptions, and niche segments. This is how these neobanks and fintechs are really disrupting the world. And if you look at those uh, roughly 26 global leaders, global players in, in neobanking, they have acquired not only a big valuation, but between them they have over 39 million users. That is a pretty substantial user base. Now, this growth that I've been talking about, and when you put it in perspective in just a matter of a decade, this huge marketplace has has kind of come out of nowhere, really. Um, the interesting thing, though, is that acquisition of that many customers in such a short time, that high growth has come at the cost of low, if zero, profits. This is really fascinating because if you look at what a great product takes, customers need to love it, check. It needs to be technically feasible. Well, that seems like a big check. But is the business viable? And I think it's really interesting that we're at the beginning of a process, of a kind of a new chapter where we're starting to see that neobanks have proven they can grow, but they haven't actually proven can they be viable. And given the fact that so many of these are not publicly listed, we can't have a little peek in their, in their books and their accounts to see how things are really going. But it's unquestionable that they have sacrificed their profitability to grow. So they're really breaching the concept. They're breaking the idea of viability because they cannot grow profitably. They can grow like crazy. So this kind of creates a really interesting paradigm for this neo bank and i think the larger fintech space is can they achieve both growth and profitability at the same time i think this is going to be a much bigger challenge than they realize because of course what happens is they all become growth obsessed and then when you ask them to be obsessed with profits that's a it's a new mindset they've been growing at all costs and i think if we just take a step back over the last year we've seen some rather big uh high venture uh, capital-backed companies like turbo-powered uh, who were all about the growth fall in a big heap. I mean, go no further than we were. They were just growing at all costs. And then when you said to them, hey, it's time to, to actually make a dime, like be profitable, uh, the whole thing fell apart. They lost the CEO, every, like it, the whole thing was a shambles. Uh, it was awfully public as well. I'm not saying that, you know, neobanks and fintechs are about to go through that. I think it's a bit early for that. But without doubt now, as the market matures, we are seeing that they are going to be forced to consider 
profitability, particularly if they want to go to the public markets and IPO. So if you're building this product, if you're building growth marketing teams, you're now going to have to do it cost effectively with a, wait for it, (gasps) return on investment. No longer can they just rely on these huge amounts of cash coming from venture capital, coming from private equity. They really now need to become viable. And there's kind of two types of banks that are in this race for viability. Because remember, if customers desire the product, if the technology is feasible, you just need a business model that's viable and you have the holy trinity of product, right? So you've got full stack banks. A good example is Monzo, N26, Starling. They actually went and got a license and they operate a full um, platform, sometimes even offering uh, an entire marketplace. That's what, what we call the full stack neobanks. Now, the front end focused neobanks are a bit different. They don't have banking charters. They don't have banking licenses. So they need to partner with others. Uh, so a great example of this is Revolut. Um, recently in the US, Varo uh, was the first neobank to get a charter. And um, many others are now in a position where they need to choose a, a path to profitability. Prove, uh, I think, to prove out that they actually have a business that's not going to be acquired. Because without that banking license, the real question is, can you survive just being a partner with legacy banks or did they just end up acquiring them? What a fascinating challenge, right? Because if you go full stack, obviously, um, not only is your tech platform, you've got to own, operate uh, payments as a service, banking as a service. But what you also have to do is adhere to to all of the uh, fiduciary uh, compliance responsibilities that you have as being the operating bank. Whereas the front end banks, as of now, Revolut for sure, they're just partnering with others. So this is this is really, really interesting and particularly in the bigger markets where it's not quite as easy to get a bank license as it might be in a smaller market. So this is how it's playing out. We've kind of got these full-stack banks, we've got these front-end banks, and it's a race now to not only grow but to do it viably, to do it with some profits. So you'll run into companies like Chime, like Revolut, um, there's some other uh, more interesting uh, plays like TransferWise. They're fascinating because they're obviously coming at it uh, from a slightly different perspective. And you've got a few incumbents that are playing there as well. You've got ABN AMRO, um, a traditional uh, Dutch bank that's playing in this neobank industry. And right next to them is Aiden, which is a really successful uh, neobank and payments company as well. So look at that. And then over here in Australia, you've got Commonwealth Bank, enormous bank. Uh, You've got National Australia Bank, ANZ, three huge banks uh, from Australia, plus lots of others um, that are really bringing the challenges um, to the traditional and legacy banks. But also I think with so many active players in the neobank and fintech market, there's going to be a shakeout and it's going to be the winners are going to be those that found not only desirable and viable products, but made feasible products, but they made them viable too. They could make a dollar. They could create and capture value, which is really the ultimate test of a product that we need 
to build for our customers. All right. Well, look, I hope that's a really helpful snapshot of where the whole fintech, where the whole neobank market is at. If you enjoyed that, head over to bottomup.io where you can get our uh, big deep dives into design thinking, agile and lean, but we've also got a great case study on um, uh, Revolut. We've got future banking keynotes and there's plenty more to come. We're going to do a big push on this journey into the world of neobanks and fintech. All right, that's the Bottom Up Skills podcast. That's a wrap.